So I don't know if you've been following the Olympics at all, but it was really heartwarming, which is, sounds incredibly trite considering the amount of work must, that must have gone into this, to see Tom Daly win an Olympic gold with Matty Lee, I think. First time Olympic Games, go straight into a gold. Having, particularly with Tom Daly, many of us who follow the Olympics have followed a backstory for, for his Olympic career since he was 14. And I think he's, this is his third Olympic Games and he's become, come so close to getting a gold. And this time they both did in the synchronized swimming, which was really amazing. And in the interview afterwards, there were a couple of things I felt God speak to me through his reflections, which I think are really pertinent to where we are personally, where we are as hope and where we are as a church community of believers, particularly in the West today. And the two things he said was that he had a mental, a mindset shift, that this was his Olympics, that they were the ones to beat. Before that, his attitude presumably had been, I need to beat the others, or we need to beat the others to get the gold. But this one, he said, was the first time, in a sense, that mental battle had been won that they were the ones to beat. I thought that was fascinating. And then the second thing he said, which really struck me, was that people could have written him off because he was one of the older competitors in his mid-20s. He's really ageing. Because he was an older athlete. And I think what God spoke to me through that was there is gold waiting for us individually through this this season of of spiritual fitness that we've been called into through um, navigating, following God, Jesus in a pandemic. There is gold for us personally. There's gold for us at Hope. There's a community that, that, that God is forging, that God has a gold medal for us. And there's gold for us as in the church in the West. If we would but have that mental attitude that we have everything we already need in Christ, it's not out there somewhere with someone else, we've already been given everything we need. If we win that mental battle and we also persevere with endurance to the end and don't give up just before the finishing line, this image of an athlete as a metaphor for what it looks like to follow Jesus was really close to Paul's heart, writing the Greco-Roman culture, which of course is the historically the birthplace of the Olympics. And In Corinthians and in his letter to Timothy, he talks about that tenacious approach of the athlete who perseveres until he wins the laurel wreath and does whatever it takes to win. And I feel like we are coming to the the beginning of the end of this transition that we've been in, precipitated, catalyzed by COVID-19, but actually was a transition that culturally we were on anyway. And God is doing a work in us personally, spiritually and corporately through it. And I would love with all my heart, we would all love with all our hearts for all of us to get the gold that God has for us and not give up. Um, I read this brilliant book. It's a sort of book I love, my bedtime reading. Vaxxers by Professor Sarah Gilbert and Dr. Catherine Green, two women who were contributed and significantly led the project and the development of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine for one year and really explains to a non-scientist like me very simply using images like minestrone and how to make sourdough and cake chops about how they developed the vaccine 
during that time. It's an absolutely brilliant book. And one of the things they say is there are 1.67 million viruses, unknown viruses in the human body, you know, trillions of viruses that, that, that people want to, scientists want to research and find out more about. And I just think we know we follow and we worship a precise God. That is an extraordinary level of protection and well-being that we inhabit all the time without even realising it. We are totally ignorant, I think, of the levels to which God protects us and blesses us and brings us health and well-being. So I have to believe, and actually I'm convinced, that if this one virus causes this much, this much disruption on a global level and, and trauma, then God will be using it for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. There is so much goodness in God. There is so much capacity in him to be doing a work in us through this, to be taking us from A to B. And I think if you don't listen anymore to this, I think what he's trying to invite us into is greater dependency on him, greater intimacy, greater life in the spirit. And these are the words of all of Jesus and all the followers in the New Testament. They say it in different ways, but we are led by the spirit of God as children of God. We are invited into the life of faith. There's a kingdom life for us. We, Jesus talks about building our lives on the rock. What does that look like to hear his voice and put it into practice, which is exactly what one of his closest friends, John, says a lot in his gospel and in his letters. We need to hear God and do what he says. That's what loving him looks like. And so there is this, the COVID-19 pandemic has caused trauma at the health level, but also the disruption around trying to protect health during the vaccine development. And what God is doing, we believe, through that is, is catalyzing a transition from an old way of being, if you like, to a new way of being. And this new way of being is, is a life-dependent more dependent, more consciously dependent on the spirit of God, on the leading of the spirit than it was. Things that we used to take for granted, things that seemed so solid, things that, that seemed like rocks have been completely disrupted. And I don't think we're, there is a normal we're going back to. There is an old place the way things used to be. That has gone. We are in a transition. It's hard to hear and it's hard to acknowledge, but we've transitioned culturally. COVID-19 has exacerbated a transition that was always going to happen from an old way where things felt kind of stable and systems were in place and, and we sort of knew how things worked to this new season, which is essentially marked by disruption. That is the new season we're transitioning into one where we have to learn to listen to the voice of God and follow him. And in some ways, and I think I heard this on a podcast by Mark Sayers a while ago, this is actually normal for most of humanity forever. Jesus, as an oppressed minority under the Roman Empire, there was, there was no stability, there was no security, there was no confidence, they were subject to the weather, they were subject to political taxation, heavy taxation as farmers, they were subject to disease and death. They, they, their normalcy was very, very insecure and unstable. So when Jesus invited them to build their houses on the rock by hearing his voice and doing what he says, that would have been the most liberating message anyway, because there was no other rock to build your life on. And so he's inviting back us into something in the West 
personally and corporately at Hope that has actually been a normal invitation for all followers of Jesus forever, because life has always been built on sand for in this world, east of Eden, forever. But I think that the, the specific new work he's doing in this season is he's forging in us a greater personal responsibility for our own spiritual fitness across the board. Um, I'm going to reference two podcasts, which I'd really encourage people to listen to. Very down to earth, very easy to listen to. And the the man who is interviewed by Mark Sayers, Terry Wallen, calls it the completion of the Reformation, the priesthood of all believers. Mark Sayers, and it talks about the ball has left the hands of church leaders and it is in the hands of everyone to take responsibility for their own spiritual fitness. There is a shift that has taken place through the disruption caused by the pandemic, which means we we all have to take responsibility now for our personal spiritual formation in an unprecedented way. We've always it's always been unstable and shifting sands. We've always needed to build our house on the rock, but there's a new invitation now in a radically individualistic culture for us to take responsibility for our own spiritual formation. And if we feel disconnected, to step up and reach out in connection, for example. If we feel like we're becoming unfit spiritually and we're feeding on stuff which isn't good for us, to lay it aside and start feeding on stuff that's good for us, not waiting for anyone else to tell us. We know enough now. This is our moment in hope, personally and in the West, for us to become the priesthood of all believers, to be ministering to God and on his behalf wherever we are. So the two podcasts are fascinating. One's April 2020 and one's May 2021. So one's talking about the beginning of a transition, acknowledging that COVID-19 has has catalyzed transition culturally. And then May 2021, if you like, the beginning of the end of it. And it's an interview by Mark Sayers with a man called Terry Walling. You can find it in Red Church, Melbourne. We can put the link in the... Um... We'll put the link in it, but it's Red Church, Melbourne. And if you go to the one-off sermons, you see these two one-off interviews, the beginning and the end. And we'll really be reshaping our reflections in August around the second one, around what it looks like now, the beginning of the end of the transition, what God's been doing, and how we can move into all he has for us. But also there are some real encouragements for us at Hope about his analysis at the beginning in May, May, April 2020 as well. I feel both those podcasts are deep encouragements about how hope has been hearing God and seeking to follow him in it. And some and some also some challenges about not missing out on what God has for us. So firstly, I think Terry Wallen would say, and I've said it already, there is no returning to normal. We don't come back to hope when things return to normal because normal is gone. There is no more normal. Things as they were will not return the, the way things were, how things used to be. We have changed, the world has changed, and the, we're at the beginning of an end of this transition. So I think it's really helpful just to sit in that in August and pause and acknowledge that and use this time to reflect, to lament, to grieve the loss of an era, and also to prepare for what God has in the future. Now, in transitions, typically people respond in, in, in two ways, and I've done both and definitely done both in, in during COVID. And then they have two things that come out of it. So one is we hunker down. Well, just let's just batten down the hatches, keep our heads down until the whole thing blows. 
And the, the weakness of that is we can get stuck in 2020. We're now almost halfway through, over halfway through, sorry, 2021. We are not in 2020 anymore. We're the beginning at the end of this transition. We're about to come out into a new season, a new way of working personally, corporately, in businesses, at polit political levels, every level we're coming out with a new way of working and we need to kind of leave behind the hunker down mentality and leave behind 2020 and get into what God is opening up in 2021. And then the other option, the other thing is for the busy, active, highly engaged people, we'll try and work it out. Let's just create some solutions to these problems. We're going to be busy. He talks about identity in activity. We can work it out. We can do some things. We can get some creative solutions to these problems. And then at some point that, that just hits, I'm done. I'm just done with this. The pandemic's over as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to surround myself with people and belief systems and mindsets that agree with me. And I'm going to forge my own reality, which is the pandemic doesn't exist anymore. And I'm going to try and make my life work. Totally understandable. I've totally done both. And they're both forms of control. They're actually, uh, and actually when fed and nurtured and watered are destructive. Because the, the, the reality is we're still trying to build our house on sand, on our own understanding, on our own ways of coping. And Jesus is inviting us in the disruption, in the transition, in the change, in the end of one thing, in the beginning of another, to build our house on the rock, which is not our circumstances, but it is in the daily voice of God. So a fascinating thing is happening for Chris and I, and this is what we signed up for. You would have thought, of course, we want to live the life of faith. Of course, we want to be led by the spirit and everything. And of course, but we've never asked God so much about specifically, is this the right thing to do? Are these the right person to meet with? Do we meet with them in person? We're literally asking him what we're supposed to do all the time and are because of the disruption because of the instability because of the consequences of different decisions exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic and the implications of it we are reliant on him and dependent on him for our daily guidance in a way we just haven't been forced to be apart from by big critical issues this is about daily bread now this is about hearing his voice and saying today this is what I believe he's saying that isn't saying you don't plan because we believe he's set to open up in September. But it's saying within that, we keep listening and paying attention to him. We build our house on the rock. So we feel secure because when he tells us to do something or not do something, we can be confident because we've built our house on the rock, not our, our own hunker down control or our own, I'll try and work it out, I'm done with it, control. What Terry Welling says, there are four phases of transition. So entry, evaluation, alignment and direction. So the beginning, May and March, February, March, April, depending where you were in the world. For us, really, it hit in March because that was the, the big lockdown moment. Is you've entered, We've entered transition. Something's changed. And, and there's that moment of newness. And then there's a bit of a pendulum swing between evaluation and alignment. Evaluation, okay, what does this look like? What do we do with it? And alignment with God is surrender. And then back more evaluation as things change, more alignment, and you pendulum swing right through to the end of the transition, which is finally you get some direction as to the next phase ahead. And we're really coming to the end of that pendulum swing into a clear sense of direction. And August is about sitting and making peace with that process of the pendulum swing of evaluation and alignment, which is surrender 
and ready for the direction from September. So I think it's fitting that uh, we finished our John series on looking at the person of Jesus in the Gospel of John last week, last Sunday with baptisms. And it was just such a beautiful time because lots of people could come, which was wonderful for the first time in, in you know, not, not quite 18 months, but the first time there was gathering because we were outside and we were able to celebrate baptisms. And I know lots of others would have been there but were away because it was the first week of the school holidays. Also, a few people had been pinged, so sadly couldn't make it either. But it was a wonderful moment of community, of connection. And I think the real encouragement was, was, was the theme that God spoke to us feels in keeping with the theme of what we're pressing into at the moment, and it was humility. Nicodemus humbled himself. He became, he was an expert and he became a learner in order to understand what God was speaking to him through Jesus because he saw in Jesus something he knew he didn't have for himself and he wanted it and he needed it. And that theme ran through the beautiful baptisms as well. Baptism is, a, is an action of many, many things and one of which is humility. I die to my old life and I live for who I am now in Christ. I need God. And there's a humility in this COVID-19 process, isn't there? It's humbling when things um, aren't straightforward and aren't easy, we can't plan. And, and at a global level, at a national, particularly a Western level, a national level, personal and family levels, there's this continual invitation to humility, to asking God to help us because things are continually changing and out of our control. And I felt so encouraged because when we're, when we're brought into a place of humility again and again and again in scripture, God says he gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And when we're invited into humility, we know it's because he's going to give us grace. He's not in opposition. He's giving us grace. And it's just such a beautiful place to be. So what we're going to do in August is we're going to have five to ten minute reflections on, on the podcast on Wednesdays released for that for the Sundays, four of them, which will help us sit at the beginning of the, of the end of this transition to make peace with the era that's gone to start to prepare for the era that's coming through four key aspects that, that Terry Walling highlights in these podcasts about what God does with transitions and in transitions, any transition um, he's talking about. He particularly, though, honours the fact this is a highly traumatic transition because of the nature of it being around a global pandemic. But this is, these are principles that you can apply to any transition. And what's fascinating about this one is it's global, it's national, it's local, and it's personal. So it's an extraordinarily deep transition we're all going through. And so each Sunday, we will be meeting, um, preparing for our multi-generational emphasis going on from September onwards, outside hope as one community. And we will process together what, what has gone, what is going, what will be with testimonies, with worship, with laments, with, with whatever we need in this season as a community to end well, to finish well, and start well. And these are the four areas we're going to reflect on that Terry Welling says are aspects to transition <clears throat> from God's perspective. Firstly, God heals through transitions. Found this immensely beautiful and helpful. Secondly, God deepens our values through transitions. And we'll be looking at the values he's deepening at hope. Thirdly, God shifts our paradigms through transition. Something shifts about the way we see the world, we see things differently. And fourthly, God forecasts where we're going through transitions. 
And I just want to highlight a couple of things for us to start thinking about as we enter into these four Sundays in August. Firstly, God heals through transitions. I think it's absolutely fascinating that in 2020, two things came into the light, particularly in the West, but also say globally, is two areas of inequality came, really were brought into the light in a way that had such momentum that it, it feels like God allowed them to come up for healing. That's what it feels like. And the, that well, the first one was racial injustice. And the second one is health inequalities. So we might think those are painful things to come up, and they are. But in order to heal, things need to come into the light and be exposed. And I think two areas that are close to God's heart, racial justice, which is his vision of the world, and full health, a full and abundant life for everyone, which is his vision of the world, where they, those weren't happening on a grand and global scale, have been exposed and brought into the light through COVID-19. We've talked a lot and we're processing a lot and we're still continuing to work out what it looks like to move into racial justice. The area we haven't spoken so much on is health inequalities. One of the things we knew before COVID, the pandemic, was that tech people lived 10 years, uh, their life was 10 years shorter on average, just south of the river here in Bristol in certain areas compared to here. And we kind of knew that was wrong, but it was one of those, oh, it's just the way things are. And I think what's been cruelly, brutally exposed during it is, is just if someone has underlying health conditions, they're more likely to die. And there's a particular social demographic that will. And that is just so intense and so far from the Father's heart for humanity, from God's love for us. So alien to his thinking. He wants everyone to have a full and abundant life. So although this has been so painful to see, actually it is a, he wants to heal this. He wants to heal this injustice. And I think what's happened is the focus has not so much been on now, the, the, the length, 70 years rather than 80 or whatever, the average age of mortality, but also what the last half of people's lives are like. You know, I'm in my mid-40s. I feel really fit, well and healthy. And for some communities, this is the, the, the beginning of the end of a full and abundant physical life. And the, the last half of people's lives is just hard. And that isn't acceptable before God in his kingdom. He wants everyone to have a full and abundant life. He restores and heals relentlessly in the gospel accounts of what Jesus, God, how God reveals himself through the person of Jesus. And he particularly reveals those who are in any way um, vulnerable or any way marginalized. And I'm really heartwarmed to and encouraged that there are some, some health pushes that have happened publicly I can't this isn't the time to go into it where I think now things will change in the area of health and well-being and nutrition which may not have ever happened if the COVID-19 pandemic hadn't exposed that need so although it's been so painful to see these two areas of injustice brought to the surface I genuinely believe it's God God heals through transitions and he wants to heal health and racial inequalities and have everyone live a full and abundant life known, known by him and loved by him. 
So that, that's one area. But he will be healing us all personally. And I think it's important to acknowledge the trauma and the loss and the grief. Absolutely. But the world wasn't perfect in 2019. It was complex. It was problematic. There were things that were very, very difficult and painful. And there will be some aspects of the effects of COVID-19, disruptions, the lockdowns, or will actually have released healing in different areas. And I've heard story after story after story of God showing his love through people moving house, being furloughed, finding work, having times with family members they wouldn't have had time with, and so on. There are lots and lots of stories of restoration and healing, as well as stories of trauma. It's important to honour that when we think about this transition, that God has healed and he's doing a lot of healing, even if at the time it feels painful. He deepens our values, and I think the big one for us is multi-generational worship, something we've always wanted, but he is really going to press into for that. And he shifts our paradigms, number three. And there's one thing I just want to encourage us, one little um, aspect of this that I found really helpful in terms of how we approach multi-generational worship at Hope. So we... I do, I do a workout six days a week, 30 minutes, and sometimes they're challenging and sometimes they're quite, quite easy. And when I have an easy one, I never write it off. I never write off an easy workout. I do one of three things. I firstly say, do you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it. If it's a bit of cardio pilates or whatever, I'm just going to enjoy today. That's one approach. Another approach is I can just do a little bit more cardio than they're saying. So say it's a plank. I can lift my left arm and right leg. And I can't remember what that's called, diagonal plank. Just make it a little extra. Or if it's weight and maybe it's upper body or actually maybe lower body, so it's not as much of a challenge, I can put in a little bit of cardio. So I know enough now how to make it challenging for me. I can't blame the workout. I can't say to that, oh, come on, you only did this. I know exactly what I need to do to become more spiritually fit. And I feel like that's what God's asking of us at Hope as we approach multi-generational worship. We can come into it and, and maybe we'll hear how worship's explained to young people or people who have never been in a, a church family before. And we could go, oh, it's too easy. I'm just going to write this off. Or we could go, do you know what? I'm going to set myself a spiritual fitness challenge. So I'm going to hear God for someone in this room and I'm going to bring a word to them. Or I'm going to come with a fresh testimony of how God has spoken to me and provided for me this week or challenged me to forgive this week. And I'm, that's going to be my worship. I'm going to share it in the community in the first half of the Sunday service. We can, we are the priesthood of all believers. And this is our moment to take personal responsibility for our own spiritual fitness. Paul invites people to do that in Corinth. When you come, come with a hymn, a word of instruction or an encouragement. Let's prepare ourselves to come and not write off anything because it looks like it's childlike or it looks like it's for people who are less spiritually mature than us. Let's make it spiritually challenging. And then occasionally, like I do, just enjoy the fact that it feels a bit easier and it's fun and we're with family. So that's one encouragement I want us to shift our paradigm on. We're not consumers anymore. We're contributors. So when we come to Hope in September, we come with a contribution. We are in charge of our own spiritual fitness. I can watch 30-minute YouTube videos about workouts all my life, but the way I get fit is I actually do what they're telling me to do. And if I know the challenge level isn't enough, I have to challenge myself. 
I'm responsible for my own personal fitness, no one else is. And it's exactly the same with spiritual fitness. So I think August is a brilliant month to reflect on where we want to be and not miss out on that gold. Tom, he just didn't give up. He did. He could have settled for silver for the rest of his life. He was. He gave it his all. We all followed him. We all thought he was great, but he didn't give up. He didn't write himself off. He had a change of mindset. I am the one to beat. And he went for it and he got his gold. And so finally, God forecasts where we're going. I'm going to put a few sentences now here for us to chew on. We'll be reflecting on them. We are going to a place where we hear God's voice as a community. We have done. That's our history. So that will be natural to us. That's our new season. We're going to hear God's voice as a community. We're going to be led by the Spirit of God. Specifically, that looks like, this is what we feel we're we're hearing at the moment, there is equal weight to worship in the home as worship in Hope Chapel. That's the new season. That's what it looks like practically. There is equal weight to worship in the home and Hope Chapel. There is equal weight to Hope Chapel as a minister six days a week as there is to Hope Chapel as a place of gathering on a Sunday. Equal weight. There is equal weight to the first half on the Sunday as multi-generational worship training time as is to the second half catered more to different ages and stages. Equal weight. That's what we feel God said. It's very subtle. It's a pruning, but he's basically putting equal weight on every aspect of our spiritual life. There is no, there is no moment where we are sacred. We are sacred all the time and he's putting weight on everything. Home and hope, weekdays and Sundays, first half and second half. So don't give up now and forfeit the gold God has for us. Have an amazing restful, reflective August. But this is a warm up. This is a warm up for the spiritual fitness God's inviting us into in September. And I think the response is repentance. Repent of seeking to be in control, either by hunkering down or saying, I'm done. We, we lay down our control. We surrender to him. We humble ourselves. And we say we want to be there at that moment, ready to get the gold that he has for us.